Hey everybody, it's Quentin Charisma. It's the No Name Podcast. Um, a few of you might notice, a few of we actually have listening <laughs> on a regular basis, noticed that uh, we hadn't had the uh, Call in the Ring uh, um, segment series, or what you want to call it, my buddy Mark Gordy. Um, Mark's uh, kind of take a little, little break, it looks like. Um, I'm not going to go into it because that's, you know, that's his stuff. Uh, but uh, if you can, just keep him in your prayers. Uh, he's having a little trouble right now. Uh, I guess if you know, if you got him on your Facebook, you know, he's having a little health problem. So uh, if you can, keep keep marking your prayers, you know. Uh, hopefully everything will be okay and he'll be back on here hopefully in a couple weeks, hopefully. Uh, so since we hadn't had that, I hadn't, and I haven't interviewed anybody else, uh, so I figured I'd get on here and just do a little rambling tonight. Um, supposed to do this at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Um, today is what? Thursday? I, I don't know. I can't keep my days anymore. Um, yeah, it's Thursday. Uh, I supposed to do it at 3 o'clock. Uh, I fell asleep and woke up like at 7, so um, so it's, and then I was going to do it at 10, and now I him hauled around Watch the rest of the Phillies Braves game, and then turned over, started watching the Reds Mariners game, and then I was like, "Man, it's like one o'clock. I gotta go do this real fast." So, and it's not gonna be long. But then again, who knows? You know how me? If you know me, I try to tell a story, and uh, I turn a two-minute story into twenty minutes. So, who knows? But uh, so I posted on Facebook about uh, got any questions or anything. Uh, I know. Uh, JP Jeremiah Plunkett put on there. He asked me about um, crap. I can't remember what he had. I should have wrote this down. <laughs> Let me go pull up the Facebook. You can tell I'm not prepared. You know, I've been saying it's a work in progress <laughs> for the last year. It's always going to be a work in progress to me. But anyway, let's see. What did he put? He asked me, uh, oh, yeah. What wrestlers did you model your style after in your career? Well, I don't know. I probably on a few, you know, through the pocket, stumbling, mumbling, and stuttering here. I guess uh, I probably mentioned it before on other podcast, a few other podcasts I did. Uh, if I did, I can't remember. So um, I don't know if I really uh, patterned myself after anybody. Um, I guess that's what he said. Yeah. Model. <laughs> Pattern model. Yeah, what's the difference? You know. Um, I don't know. I you know, when I first started it basically was just kinda, you know, didn't really have a gimmick, just kinda had a gimmick, well not a gimmick if you wanna call it that. And then when Chris Champion basically, you know, started telling me to go toward the um the gimmick that I started doing, um because I was just really half halfway doing it, um, you know the gay gimmick, and uh, so you know and I, he gave me the name. Sorry, I had the charisma name, but I had the, he gave me the first name, and then he told me to watch some Agent Street. Well, you know, I've always you know, I've seen Agent Street before. I watched growing up, you know. So I basically so I kind of did a you know took some stuff from him, you know. Um, Early in the career, my career, you know, I, I did some major in street stuff, you know, I, uh, pranced around the ring and stuff. Um, 
it was more, more his was, I don't know, I didn't do all the way like him, like, you know, the stuff he did at the beginning of, the, of his matches. Um, I would add a little stuff here and there, like I'd, um, when I had the, I did the spray, brought the air freshener out there, made the refs, um, uh, spray his hands off where he checked me before the match, stuff like that. Uh, and then when I got away from that, um, trying to think what I started, I, I was doing a, I started where I started kind of like doing a grunge gimmick, and that really, I didn't get many bookings off of that, I don't know, I guess, everybody wanted, wanted uh, luscious Quint Charisma, but nobody wanted to pay me, you know, well, I told them, look, I want this right here, here's what I want for this gimmick, you know, and Everybody said, oh, we want this game, we want this game. They didn't want to pay it, so, you know, so I, I was like, well, if you don't want to pay me, I'm not going to do it. I must not want me too bad. So, anyway, then, you know, later on, I did the grunge gimmick, and I guess you could say it was kind of like a Raven thing, but, you know, I was wearing jeans and flannel before Raven. You know, he was still doing Johnny Polo for Vince, so, but I wasn't full grunge then, just I wore, you know, the jean shorts and uh, flannels and stuff like that. So it was halfway, and then when Raven's got, I, I kind of, um, you know, boosted up a little more grungier. Um, I don't know. So after, I mean, I really haven't. Only time I really, I guess, was just that eight, you know, the Asian shirt at the beginning. So I guess that's a a um, answer. Uh, a five minute answer to a one minute question so anyway like I said this is not going to be the most um, professional unless I'm just going to hear mumbling okay then um, then Plunkett's next question he, he threw out was um, he says I taught he says, you taught me to throw a drop kick I can't remember I guess I did I don't know <laughs> but I was, so I guess I must have taught him how to drop kick but anyway he said who taught me and who suggested you as a 300 plus pounder mostly of your career to use it okay um well first thing is i wasn't 300 pounds when i learned my drop kick i i was i was in the i was in the wrestling biz i've been wrestling what before i hit the 300 pound oh gosh i want to say mm, how many years uh at least five six before I hit the 300 pound mark so um but yeah I, when I started I was like two when I first my first match I was like 245 so um but it started going up fast after that but um yeah I didn't hit the 300 mark until um I want to say late 98 early 99 is when I actually hit the 300 mark so but anyway, going back to that, yeah, I mean, but yeah, I look, I guess I looked fatter because I'm so short, so maybe look actually fatter than I was. But anyway, uh, Chris Champion taught me that with the, as uh, the old Chris Champion Wrestling Academy School, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to call it. Um, he was like, uh, see now, because he knew I moved around, really, I moved, uh, tongue tied. He knew I moved around really good for you know my size. Because um, like I said, I, I think I looked fatter than I was just because I was so short. Um, so he taught me the drop kick. He's, I'm gonna, he said, you remind me of Rusty Brooks, big old Rusty Brooks. 
and then the drop kicks. So he's, he taught me how to do the drop kick. I learned how to do it. Um, it ain't really a lot of jumping. It's mostly the one I do. Well, the one I did was it's the way you angle your body and you, you swing your body and everything. Uh, you know, I had a lot to do jump, but but I mean, I don't. I've never had muscular legs. People think, oh, if you're big and fat, um, you're gonna have muscular legs. No, your legs are actually really pretty weak. Um, well, most big people are. It's your um, it checks your bones that are that are sturdy and stuff. But yeah, because if you, you take somebody that doesn't work out, that's big, take them to the gym and look at them. They don't they. On the uh, leg extension, leg curl machines, they can't do a lot of weight. So, we getting back to that. Yeah, Chris taught me the drop kick, and then after I got that down, a couple weeks later at the school, we uh, we'd go once a week. We do it in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We'd uh, train once a week there. But uh, uh, after he got me the drop kick, he uh, he said, "Now we're gonna do a." He's like, "We want to do like a Adrian Adonis used to do the cartwheels back when he, um, you know, late seventies, early eighties when." Before he got really, really big, and and uh, he was, you know, he was still big, but he, he was like, you know, 300 pounds, but he could go like somebody, you know, like 240, you know. So um, he said, "Let's do the car. I want you to teach cartwheels." And man, I tried, tried. I could not get the hang of them. I think I've told this story before on another podcast. Um, my arms, my arms are so sh- are too short. Um, I can't when I go when I go down the plant. Well, my arms are so short, I got to touch the. Uh, well, I'd go to touch the ground, the mat. I'd be over so far, I just couldn't do it. My arms, I'm just um, proportioned really odd. I got real short legs, real short arms, but my, I guess you call your torso or whatever, upper body is actually what well, it's off. It's not the same. Don't match up. So, so I could never get the cartwheel down. But he wanted me. So he said, "Yeah, Adrian." And also, he said, "Yeah, Bigelow does it." Man, man. I was like, yeah, I was, yeah. I was like, we tried it for like two weeks, and we I could never get the hang of it. So, so that was the only people that ended up um, posting any questions. Shows nobody pays attention to my Facebook. I'm not over as I think I am. <laughs> um, actually, old Bubba Perry actually posted on put on J uh, Plunkett's uh, thing, and uh, they see she had some video of old Sunny Street. Doing some drop kicks. Well, actually, I wish we did have some videos on Sunny Street. Actually, we need. It's one of my goals in the next year, six months, whatever. I got so many projects I'm I'm wanting to work on. That's why I keep get putting them, delaying them for a reason. But I'd like to. There's that um, that AWA footage is out there. I mean, I'm sorry, IWA, uh, out of Nashville from '89. I think it was '89, wasn't it? I think so. I've only been able to find like one, um, one or two of the cards they put they put in the Tennessee. Um, I only could find I've only found like one or two. I found one. I think Mark Gordy's found one. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure they advertise more than that because uh, Jarrett's advertised. So they always advertise. You know, seem like forever. So um, I guess I need to look through. If I need the date, it's hard to look through all that stuff. If you don't have dates or just kind of, I don't know, roundabout dates to uh, put them in and look through, through that microfilm, it, sometimes man that gets a uh, gets a little, little headache going. But it's worth it if you, if you stumble across the stuff and find it. But it's always cool 
find something you, you know, something about wrestling, you know, you're looking for. You know what's out there, you just got to find it. But anyway, um, I know one time Randall Fanning had, I think, the whole, I'm going to say 99.99999999%. He had that whole TV run of the IWA, um, and but it was he would not come off from it. He, you could get copies of all of his, uh, most about 96, 7, 8% of his collection. There was like a few things he wouldn't, wouldn't make no copies of. His, uh, one was that IWA, um, I always wanted it, uh, and was the uh, last Smoky Mountain show. He wouldn't come off of that either. But eventually he, he let somebody, he got a copy to somebody. Uh, because I'm going to say around mid-2000s. I finally saw it floating around, and he was the only person in the building to tape the show because I was sitting, sitting right beside him on the stage at the last Smoky Mountain show, November 26, um, 1995, at the uh, Coogville, Tennessee. Um, it was me, Randall Fanning, Steve Bryant. We were sitting there on the stage. Uh, Steve took a few pictures, but Randall taped the whole show. So he was the only person who had the last Smoky Mountain uh, wrestling show and there's nobody because it was before poor cell phones and all that you know like i said 95 you know it was before the little bitty handheld uh, you know cameras that uh you can see you know a few years later they were you know palm you know like the side of your palm back then everybody still had the big big old shoulder ones you know so and there was nobody else in that building taping and um because i from what i was told None of the boys even knew that that was the last show. So, um, so that was the two things that Randall wouldn't would not come off of. And like I said, the Smoky Mountain show finally got out because I actually started seeing it in some of the um, people's um, DVD tape collections. I want to say mid two thousands. Um, so it finally did get out. Um, I still haven't found the IWA. I thought Scott Teal got some of it because he got some Randall stuff. Uh, he said he didn't have it. Uh, I need to contact Randall. Randall kind of fell off the face of the earth with wrestling. I don't know if he he got bitter or um, something, you know, bad taste in his mouth. But uh, you don't, Randall don't do much of wrestling. Uh, people, I when I do see people, they ask, if you, you know, ask me if I know anything about him, and I was like, I didn't hear anything, you know, and. So I don't know if he just, um, just you know, I think he, when him, I, you know, him and Steve Brown, they ran um, uh, that promotion HCW. They had two towns, and then I want to say it was they sold they sold one of them off. Uh, was that two thousand one maybe? Yeah, and then they kept their other on Petersburg. I think for the till the summer, and then they get sold it off. And then after that, I saw Steve a few times through the years, but I think I only saw Randall maybe one time. So I don't know if he just um, just got burned out, and you know. But yeah, he, he used to see Randall and Steve together. Then Steve moved away to like North Carolina or something. But yeah, Randall don't come around. Um, as far as I know, I don't come around either. But I don't hear anybody talk. You know, they everybody knows that you know that he you know, they don't see him anymore. He's on Facebook. I don't know how much he, um, you know, gets on there, but I need to hit him up and ask him um, who got the IWA stuff because um, 
of Bubba Perry. He, I think he really wants to see some of it. And uh, Bubba Perry is a cool dude, man. I mean, I don't personally have never met him. Uh, I just know him, know him, you know, through Facebook and stuff. But you know, knowing and those people he knows, and those you know, through him, you know, he's always did that big Bubba, big Bubba's bash charity. So, uh, you know, everything I've heard about the guy, he's a super great guy, you know. Um, and I used to see him on Saturday mornings on the uh, Trick at Honda commercials, which I miss, man, because I used to watch those every Saturday morning. I watch the news, and they'd always have the uh, Trick at Honda. They'd show, you know, the deals of the day and all that, and they'd have the dog out there and all that. And you'd see Bubba Perry on there all the time. Um, he worked for Trick it Forever. Um, but yeah, man, Bubba Perry's a cool dude. Um, so I'd like to get that footage so we can, uh, you know, so everybody can see it, but not just Bubba. You know, a lot of people can uh, check out. Because, you know, like I said, it's one, of those it's one of the first independents around here, you know, that. Um, you know that really got TV after the after Gulas uh, shut back down. The end of, when he was running independent there in the um, I think mid '80s. He I think he was still running a few shows in the late '80s. But like I think his last year he was on that TV was I want to say around '86 maybe. May his TV matter when '87. So. There's so there was a lot there was independence with that there was no TV independence with TV and stuff so that so they so you, a lot of people knocked IWA but they had TV so was, you know it's kind of a big deal back then um, to get on TV so like I said um, I want to you know they had a lot of guys came through there too um, you know they had the regular crew uh, and then they'd bring in guys for a couple weeks or so. You know, they like, uh, you know, Ricky Morton, uh, just different people, you know. Uh, so, so, you know, it was a good little promotion. And like I said, I like, I like to see, because I mean, it's been so long ago, you know. But um, it's the first time I saw Cool Breeze Williams, he was on there. I remember he did a commercial for, uh, oh, what was it? The burger place, like in Tallahoma. I remember the name of the day because me and Mark Gordy was talking about it. I can't remember the name now. <laughs> Imagine that. But anyway, so yeah. Um, hopefully we'll get we'll uncover that IWA and and uh, get it at IWA. Anyway, well, somebody that's not around here to listen to this, which I doubt they are. Um, but if you are, the IWA I'm talking about is that was out of Nashville, Tennessee, around '89 period. Uh, so, um, trying to think. There's the other. Th yeah, I think that was all the questions. That JP was the only ones that, the only person that sent a question. And but um, I don't know. I'm gonna talk about a few things. Just cause like I said, I have me and Mark hadn't did nothing in a while, and we just talk about stuff off the top of our heads. Um, I wanna talk about uh, uh, Mike Porter passed away a couple weeks ago. Um, I said Mike, everybody I know, it's ever worked for Mike. Um, had that love hate with Mike. You know, you'd, you'd be good for about a year. He'd work for him, and then it seemed like you'd, you know, in there, you, you know, have the hate. You know, just but that seemed like a, it happens a lot around here. But it seemed like everybody did that with Porter. Uh, personally, I can't say nothing bad about him, as me, as for me working with uh, for Mike Porter. Um, he actually, you know, gave me gave me and Farron a decent little run there. Um, 
in 2000, early 2001, uh, was sweet and sassy, so put the straps on us, uh, and you know, it was on TV, so, you know, hey, I'm, I'm not going to like Porter. Um, what Porter did in his personal life and his past, um, he, I personally, I can't remember. I remember seeing something on the news at the time. Um, I haven't went, people say, well, you can go look it up. I, I'm not going to. You know, I never did. Uh, I worked for the man. You know, the way I am nowadays is, from what I heard he did, I don't know if it's true or not. It's, yeah, it was bad. But you know what? That's between, that was between Mike Porter and the Lord. You know, um, since personally, I'm not 100% sure it happened because you hear so many different stories, so you don't know what actually did happen, what was the truth. But he always, you know, treated me fairly when I worked for him. So who am I to judge what he did or what he didn't do? Like I said, um, that was between him and the Lord. So, um, you know, I, there's people I've seen on Facebook since Mike passed talking about pissing on his grave and stuff you know and for what he did and all this stuff and I'm thinking well you sure wasn't saying that when you were working for him and getting your payoff were you think about that you know just think you know it was okay. whatever he did in the past was okay when you were working for him getting that payoff but now you want to trash the man no trash me if we were working for him you didn't trash him so why do it now but you know, those people, and the one person I'm not gonna say his name, I could really care less. You know, I try, I try to do live my life better nowadays and do the right thing. But some people still just, I still have um, no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I could care less about them. I just, you know. But anyway, I know I try not to be like that, but. There's just some people that still I just can't, I would just don't want to be around or even associate with or anything like that. But anyway, get off that. That's a, but yeah, Mike Border, um went to his funeral. Um, they said there was a lot of, well, he was actually, I think he was out, he was out like two nights in the, in the you know, two nights of visitation and then a, the visitation a couple hours before the actual funeral service, which nowadays is rare because usually it seems like you got one day of visitation or sometimes it's like a half a day then the next day they give you like an hour or two and and then they do the funeral so he was out for a while they said um so i, I wasn't able to go it was like a wednesday thursday the funeral was on friday friday so i went to the funeral friday and i um there weren't that many people probably 50 people there maybe um uh, you know a few people from from the wrestling business was there um bert was there uh jeff daniels um his wife Dominique, or what's her name, Leslie? I still call her Dominique, but um, I don't think she knew who I was. She looked right at me and just smiles. I don't think she knew really who I was. I hadn't seen her in so I hadn't seen her since actually, um, 2009 in Laverne. So it's been a while. And I look a lot different too. Which sounds like a uh, beard and everything. But anyway, um, I put on. Well, I've actually almost lost my oh, well, I'm back, actually, I am about the same size I was in 09. I hope, yeah. Yeah, I'm back down to the size I was in 09. But anyway, um, 
Where was I at? See, I got lost. Oh, yeah, the people at the funeral. And Farron, at first, I talked to LT for a while when I first got there. LT Falk, and then I saw Farron Fox Mopart, and we talked for a while. And, um, um, Rudy Charles, the guy, the referee, works for New York, WWE, was there. Um, I've never met him before, because by the time... I was getting out. He that's when he started working a lot around here and and T, well he's working for TNA and and then some stuff around here. But I was pretty much get done with the wrestling by the time you know he started doing a lot. So I never met him before, but so I went and introduced myself to him and everything. But you know that really um, that really stood out to me that you know like I said I don't know the guy from Adam, um, but you know. Um, that says you know a lot for the for Rudy Charles's character to go to Mike Porter's funeral. Um, you know, you're working for New York, the biggest company in the world, and you still take time to come to Tennessee. I don't know where he lives at now, but to um, you know come to Mike Porter's funeral. That, that that's that mean that that means that it, the guy is. Uh, He's a genuine good dude. So uh, hats off to Rudy Charles. Um, but like I said, there was not there's a lot. They said there was a lot of people there Wednesday night, Thursday night, uh, Friday was during the day. So they there weren't as many got the 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 boys and people in the business there. Uh, LT said there was more people there during thir uh, Thursday night. Him and his dad went, so there was more of the boys there. And then um, trying to think who else some wrestling business. Oh. Um, uh, Jimmy Smith, the the uh, the the guy who worked for the sports arena for Goulas and Jarrett's forever, the ring announcer, he was there. Uh, it was good seeing him. He um, saw him at the reunion uh, last month. Um, he's had a lot of health issues the last few years, but he's he's looking pretty good. Talked to him for a couple minutes. Like I said, it's always good to see Jimmy. Nice, super nice guy. Um. I think there was that I mean, I think that might, oh George Goodless was there. So he was there. Uh, and that was probably about all. Oh, a guy there was one guy me and LT kept looking at. We're trying to figure out who he was. We could not figure out who the guy was. He was sitting on the other, other side of the um the, the the aisle on the other side. And LT was like, Who is that guy? Who is that? I was like, I don't know, man. He's, he looks familiar. So we sitting there finally after it was over, the guy come over and goes I know y'all trying to figure out who I am. Y'all remember it? I was like, no. LT's like, no. He goes, Jailbird. And I was like, oh, okay. This guy, for me that don't know, um, he wrestled around Middle Tennessee for seven, uh, late 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, all around um, the Independence in Tennessee and um, Kentucky and stuff. And he worked as Jailbird. Had the old, like, um, what was the... There's a team in Florida in the '80s. Was it the Alabama Chain Gang? I think it was like had the had the old K and H um, nylon uh, gear with the uh, black and white stripes and on the mask. That's what he wore. He was Jailbird. And he, good guy, real good guy. Worked, you know, so worked the Independence, worked Gulas, you know, the '80s, the mid '80s Gulas shows and like. I uh, worked for uh, Master Curtis a lot, you know. Um, when he was working, worked for Master Curtis, I think he, he was uh, Jeff Wayne. 
think it's where he went by. But yeah, if, if you know anything about the independence around Tennessee and Kentucky, you know, from the last 30 years, you probably you know, you know who I'm talking about. But yeah, we hadn't seen him in forever. And he, he, he'd kayfabe too, boy. He'd hardly ever take that mask off, even in the dressing room. You know, you'd see him every now and then, the mask off. He wouldn't have it off long. Uh, he'd always keep that mask on. Uh, so and like I said, he changed. Been a few, been a while since I seen him. So actually, it's been a long time. I think the last time I seen him, uh, so it was probably about '03, maybe something like that. So it been a good uh, 10, 16 years probably. So that's good to see him. Actually, I need to. I should have got his number or something. I need to get in touch with him, uh, especially um, on the my. Second project I'm going to be working on. I'm still I'm collecting um, stuff on right now, which I just started my first project. But I'm trying to get up because I'm going to stumble across this, uh, some stuff in the second when I try to go on and get it. And stuff. But I need to talk to him because he, like I said, he worked for um, he worked for Mastercard and stuff. And uh, I was gonna, I need to I want to do some little things to so talk to him about working for Mastercard just you know, for my second project. But uh, I said that's gonna be a while, <laughs> so but yeah, I just I'll get hopefully get back in touch with him and all that. But uh, as like I said, he did work a lot for Curtis, I do believe most every advertisement I've seen for Curtis, he was on. Um, so that's why I think it was about all was there. Oh, uh, was it Jason Kane? I think he's now he rode down with Rudy Charles, he was there. But I think that's all the I want to. Oh, um, Big Bully Douglas, <laughs> I forgot about him. Uh, Teddy Sweet, he did he uh, he uh, he preached the uh, Porter's funeral, and uh, that's the first time I seen. Um, oh man, first time I seen bullying probably. Oh seven maybe, it's been a long time since I seen bully, and he was still in the face same, but he's changed a lot. But I, they said he's actually a he's a preacher now, so. That's always good to know he found the Lord and everything. And uh, but yeah, he paid, he did a good job preaching Porter's funeral. But um, but yeah, like I said, I, I I'm not you know I'm not going to badmouth Porter. Like I said, because because that's between him and the Lord, and I don't know, you know, really want to happen. I don't really want to know because you know who am I? Because if I live the life of Sin free years, no. <laughs> I did some stuff that people don't even know about, but I ain't gonna talk about that either. But you know, I'm not gonna knock Porter. Like I said, because all the uh, time I worked for him off and on or whatever, I always had good experience. And every time I did see him after that, uh, he was always nice to me, friendly, talked, you know. So I'm not gonna bash him and talk about peeing on his grave and stuff like that, you know. But, um, Let's see. I'm trying to think what other stuff. I saw. Me and Mark, we just, like I so said, we just, whatever comes top of our head and everything. But, um, I guess I can talk about the projects I'm working, supposedly working on. Um, I was, uh, my first one kind of got sidetracked because the state of Kentucky doesn't save anything in their records, their archives. So I put a big swerve on my, the first one. So I come up with actually, I came up with the second one. Um, well, I, so I re-switched my first one. Let me rephrase that. Whatever. I was going to do 
the one I'm actually my first one. So I basically changed the, the course of it. I'm doing something different, but it's still going to be my number one project. Then the number two project is kind of uh, got the idea from Mark. He mentioned it before. So then my second one, but like I said, I, I'm soon if I can get information and you know my info and my you know all the stuff I use for for it I'm if I something you know find it while I'm looking for my first part I'm gonna pick it up and y'all are like what are you talking about dude I don't want to understand my name so talk about it because you know people you throw an idea and since I'm so slow at getting that to it somebody else will jump on it because they just you know my luck but um I was supposed to start uh, my first project um I was supposed to start this month go down to the Tennessee State Archives down downtown, but um, I kind of put that on hold because I got to. I'm coaching baseball up here in Bowling Green this year, fall ball, um, seven eight year old. So uh, I wasn't gonna be. I was just. I just been. A, I just do assistant. I've been doing little league uh, coach pitch in Westmoreland, Tennessee, the last three years. I moved up here, and last year I drove back and forth from Bowling Green to Westmoreland to coach, and that was a little rough. So I found that you know I was gonna do it up here, so I, that's why I'm gonna start out with fall ball. Uh, they tell me they, I just almost want to be an assistant because I hate being a head coach. You gotta deal with the parents and all that crap, and so I so, saw you know I went on there to the uh, let's say. Well, see, I, I was wanting to go to Little League because that's where I was coming from, but I I thought I was talking to the Little League people, and actually it was the Park and Rex people through the city, Little League through the county up here, and I didn't realize that. And so they signed, so I signed up to coach some in the Park and Rex League, and I told him I just wanted to do assistant. So he got back with me a couple weeks later and told me, the guy like, said, well, I got a team. I said, we don't have a head coach. Can you please be the head coach? So I was like, I didn't want to do it, but, you know, I, I said, okay. And that has just been a nightmare. Um, you know, it's not the, if, I don't know. I'm not, I hate talking bad about even especially their kids. It's not their fault. But the talent level of these coach pitch kids here, the t-ball teams, well, actually the t-ball team that I actually helped coach last year, fall ball, in fall ball, they would five-run rule each they five of them rule this team, which is a coach pitch team, every inning. So Westmoreland is so much more advanced, and so I'm used to coaching more advanced kids, same age group, but more advanced. So and it's just been, I said it's not the kids' fault. It's the the coaches they've had the years. Obviously, didn't teach them nothing, and it's just really, it's frustrating. So it's taking more of my time and. You know, so I kind of put that, as I'm going to be doing that for the next two months, well, a month and a half. So I've kind of put my project on the back burner, but um, as soon as this fall ball is over, I'm going to hit my that, my first project full force. I'm hitting it because I don't have nothing planned to do. So I'll get that going. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I've never seen anything on it. Uh, like I said, I really want to talk about it because I'm sure somebody, oh, that's a good idea. I'll make a couple bucks off it. But I've already realized that talking to Scott Till, there's not no money in in doing this stuff. You're not, I mean, 
if you break even, you know, which I, that's what I'm, I, if I break even, it'll be good, you know, I just want to get this stuff out there. And speaking of that, here's another thing. There, this is so, it makes me so, not mad, but just so sad. Um, here in about two weeks, Nashville is fixing to lose so much wrestling history. And I have talked about this to people, and nobody seems to want to do anything about it. In two weeks, they start tearing down these buildings out at the fairgrounds. And everybody thinks, oh, well, they've done did something for the sports arena. No, I'm not talking about the sports arena. I'm talking about the women's building. The you know, Actually, the first building burnt. You know, after they moved from the Hippodrome out to the fairgrounds, it burnt. Then they went over to the women's building. They were there for a while at the women's building. I guess what they called it. I think it's had different, a couple different names, maybe. And then when they, then like, I want to say, what, 77, 76, they moved over. There was, to that building they built, like a annex, uh, I think it was called the Exhibition Hall, something like that. It was connected to the women's building, like this little breezeway-like type thing. And they started running there. It was the one, if you see the old footage, uh, you see the one footage where the, it's like cut the women's building up the middle center was cut out so the roof where the wrestling was the ceiling was high but when they moved over to the to the annex part of it building if you see the footage the foot the ceilings are really low and they had those um plastic uh like banners you know the ones with the little pennants on them so you can see how low the roofs but those all that's going to be gone and I there's nobody nobody has documented anything about those buildings um Everybody talks about the sports arena, you know, there's been a few things done. Justin DeSins is working on the, the thing, and I told him to go out there and do something on it because they're fixing it, and he just ain't got time to do it. You know, he's still working on his one about the sports arena. Everybody says, all the fairgrounds, but that's, everybody says, it's not just sports arena. That's, there was more, you know, there's more history out there. It needs to be documented, Feel, you know, just something short film, you know, just uh, you know, something, because it's fixing to be gone, and when it's gone, it's gone, you know, and I've talked to some blue in the face to people about going out, I mean, I can't, I can't go, I mean, physically, I, you know, I can't go out there and walk around that property, uh, uh, but somebody, I mean, I don't know, somebody's got to get it, do it in the next two weeks, right now, been the best time during the fair, because you, you could just walked in there and, and walked around and could have got, you know. So I'm sure you could get access. Um, it should be, especially, I mean, I don't know, just, dude, something needs to be done in two weeks. So I wish somebody would please step up. I mean, if you if I can find somebody, I will, I'll try to get everything set up. And I'll, I'll, I'll come down there and do it, but I, I won't be able to do the whole thing because I can't walk around all that, you know, that property. But just, I don't know, something's got to be done. We're fixing to lose more history. We thought that, That's like the Hippodrome. There's, you can't find nothing on the Hippodrome. All that, you know, you find a picture here and there. Uh, you find more pictures of when was, uh, people using it for a skate rink than they did with the, um, um, when the, you know, wrestling there every week. But anyway, so please somebody step up and document that stuff out there. And um, I was going to talk to George Goulas at, at the funeral after it was over with, and um, he went out. He's by the time I got and talking, you know, got 
I turned around he was gone because I was going to talk to him about some stuff um, especially about my first project as actually he has a lot to do with it too so um, so I guess I'll, I'll try to get in touch with him um, everybody says he, he's real he's um, he'll talk about stuff you know he, he about the old days and stuff so uh, hopefully you know that'll work out but um yeah those things oh, let's see what else is on my mind I mean I got a bunch of crap I can talk about but I don't like I said I don't talk politics on here uh, 9-11 just happened we celebrated uh, sorry that's not celebrating that's horrible I should not have said celebrate you know what I meant uh, remembrance I guess I should have said uh, 9-11 was uh, was it Wednesday I think I can't remember my days. Anyway, every year I watch, I, I get up and I watch the um, reading of the names. I pretty much did it every year that I, um, actually, I'm gonna say, uh, not every year, but I want to say, I'll start with the state in 04. So from 04, I think I took over, I always took that day off, it seemed like. And I'm pretty much from 04 on, I've watched the names. Um, every year it seems like it gets harder and harder to find find it on TV. Um, so like last year, I can't remember where I found it at. Um, this year I couldn't find. I got two two things. I have um, actually I have a Spectrum cable through my my apartment where I live, and then I have YouTube TV. I couldn't find it on YouTube TV, so I went on the Spectrum cable, searched through it, and I finally found it. On C-SPAN 3. I didn't even know there was a C-SPAN 3. But, I mean, that's horrible. You know, we're, you know, the whole thing was we'll never forget. Somebody's forgot. A lot of people's forgot because if you put something on C-SPAN 3, that means you're just doing it because somebody said we have to have it somewhere. And that, that's horrible. You know? I know probably not a lot of people don't sit and watch the whole thing because I mean that took up it takes up a lot of time. It's like I think it was like eleven something. It started right around eight central, and it finished up a little uh, little after eleven central. So I mean you know uh, four, three hours there, but I mean that's something we don't need to forget. And I don't. Know, I just I feel like I have I don't have to do it, but I want to do it. For the people that died, because those people, you know, innocent people, just going to work, you know, and you know, they never came home, you know, people getting on the plane, those people getting on the planes, you're probably going on vacations, going flying to their, you know, on their job, flying to their next meeting in the next city or something, you know, and they never got to come home, you know, and it's just, um, it's sad, you know. Then we have all the police officers and firefighters now that are just are in the last, you know. 10 years have been getting sick and dying um, that's just awful you know um, so I you know I think I do it you know I, to honor those people God bless them God bless ourselves um, but it's just a shame that it's put all the way back to C-SPAN 3 you know it, it just it's horrible but, um, but I guess I'm going to get off that because it's just sad that we have gotten away from something that was so bad in this country 
that it's got pushed back that far. You know, so, um, I don't know. I'm stop talking about that because then, because that'll probably fall up, lead over into politics and, you know, so. But then it changes the subject real fast. Let me think of something to talk about. Well, I look down and we're at 44 minutes. I thought this was going to be like a 10 minute thing, but, you know, if you're still on here listening to this, God bless you because <laughs> listen to me when I actually know what I'm talking about. It's bad enough. I'm here just rambling on. Oh, let's see. Let's talk about the Reds. I'm sitting there watching the Reds game, Reds and Mariners. Um, man, being a Reds fan is hard. They got to get rid of the this the, the coach. You know, Bell is not the answer. He, I don't, I've never seen. He makes some of the stupidest decisions. The stupid switch, uh, the, what do they call it? Mine just went blank. The shifts. He's always doing the shifts, and maybe one out of five times it might work. It seems like every time he does it, there goes the ball. Well, there, normally there will be a person there to fill that, but no, he's got them to switch. And why is it every time he takes out the starting pitcher, he has to do a double switch? He does, he does like three double switches at least every game. I don't understand it. It's like, what are you doing, dude? And then, like, there's been times we get into extra inning games and there's nobody left on the bench. Why? Because for the last four innings, he's double switched everybody out. And, and, uh, I just don't understand. He, he's, it's, I know it's his first year. Man, they got to cut their ties and just, well, they won't because, you know, why? the front office is stupid. They trade off. They traded off Scooter Jeanette for basically a bag of balls. Come on. Yeah, he's been hurt all season, but that that kid's your heart and soul that of the clubhouse, you know? He was out, you know, for the first half of the season, and then you had Puig that was in there and basically took over being the heart and soul of the team, of the dug of the dugout, the team the team, the club, everything. You know? And so and then you trade him off you know, for a, a, a pitcher that's got, it's a head case. I think he's a head case. He's really not pitched to even close to what, you know. But I don't know. Reds, the Reds front office, they're, they just, they're horrible. They don't want to spend no money. When they do spend money, if you don't, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just the Reds. But anyway, we'll talk about that. Talk about, I guess I'll talk about my fantasy team. I've been playing, well, it started out as rotisserie baseball. Then, somewhere in the late 90s, it switched over to fantasy football. Uh, I guess when they did, they didn't want to do rotisserie football. I guess they didn't think it sounded right, so they changed it to fantasy football. And then baseball went from rotisserie baseball to fantasy baseball. But anyway, I've been playing since the 93 season. I've won off and on through the years. And um, about... I want to say 2014. I'd been playing fantasy football since the '96 season, like the first year. Uh, I think Yahoo had um, actually did a fantasy football uh, league, 
So I did. So I've been doing those for. Like I said, I've been doing baseball since '93. Did football since like '96. So in uh, like 2014, I said I'm not doing football no more. So I stopped doing the football. I kept doing my baseball. I obviously do that. Some of the years I'd have like five uh, fantasy teams. I would do. I'd have you know Yahoo one and E on ESPN. Um, what else? Um, oh man. I mean, I had a all spread everywhere. Because back you know, in early 2000, 2000, it seemed like every sports thing had had a fantasy baseball gimmick on there. So I was used to them. But now, I've cut down the last probably four seasons. I've just did one team. Um, and last two seasons, I told myself, you know what? I've been doing this since 93. I've won a few years. I've won a lot of years, actually. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to win one more time, then I'm calling it quits. So, since 93 till, what's what's this, 19? How many years is that? 16, 16 years? No, is it more than that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, gosh, that's 20-something years. I've been playing over 20 years. So, what would it be? Uh, 20, 26 years. So, last three seasons, seven, you know, if I win first place, I'm done. So, third year I come in like uh, third, and last year I come in second. I almost won. I was so close. Went to the went to the little playoff gimmick they got, and the guy beat me by so many. You know, a few, I want to say I think it was three or four points. wasn't much. He's barely beat me. So this year I was like, this is gonna be my year. I have a feeling. Um, and it's funny because um, <laughs> we watch a baseball game and like. Somebody will get hurt, and Danny goes, I said, my team, I'm always the Dibblers. That's been my name forever. Um, she goes, somebody, we'll watch a baseball game. Somebody will get hurt. She's like, he must be part of the Dibblers. The whole thing is, it seemed like almost every year, my first-round pick, either they get hurt and they miss most of the season or all the season, or they go into the slump of their career and have the worst season of their career. So she says, I jinx everybody, so... And, of course, what happens this year, my first-round draft pick, Aaron Judge, what happens? He gets hurt. Was he played maybe two months of the whole season? He still isn't. He's still in 100%. He's back. And then my second pick actually was Bryce Harper. I mean, I was there. I wouldn't have picked him as first. But my second pick, I said, okay, I'll take a chance on him because he's up and down. He's had a so-so season. He's starting to hit better. Um, then just from there, I can't remember what I'll pick. But, anyway... I went back, was it, uh, I want to say, I went back and looked last week, I do believe, and I only have two, three people left on my team that I drafted, and it was Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper, and Garrett Cole. Okay, Harper and Judge, you can't cut. It's, they're on a do not cut list. Everybody else, you can cut them. So, I have basically... I've worked the waiver wire and free, uh, free agent, and I'm in second place. Right now I'm playing this week. Last week uh, was the first round of playoffs. I had the best week the, I had the whole season. The whole season just killed it. So this week I'm in the semifinals. I'm playing the number one team, and my team is getting smoked. I'm like, I went from the best week I've had 
and I'm, now I'm having the worst. My pitching is crap. I gotta get on the waiver wire and try to pick some up next two, you know, two three days and maybe get me some points. But so, what was that? I just made a noise. Anyway, so unless a miracle happens in the next couple of days, I'll be playing fantasy baseball next year again. I did really want to win, so I did. I just want to go out a winner, but I'm not going to stop playing until I win. I'm going out on top. You know, I'm not doing the job. <laughs> so. So I just bored you with my fantasy baseball. What else can I bore you with? Well, I don't know because it looks like I only got a few more, about six or seven minutes left. I don't think there's anything else off the top of my head that I can think of. I don't really want to talk about AEW because I hadn't really watched that. I watched the, the their, well, they had that pay-per-view, but I watched the little free thing. And I thought, that woman's battle royal was horrible. Um... And I don't want to, I'm afraid to say anything about what's her, the, the trans person. I was afraid that, I don't know, like I said, I don't know Anchor's policy on stuff and it's a makeup plan. I don't know if I can keep the off. But it's not that she's trans. I, no, I do not agree with that. But you know what? That's not my life. I'm not, you know, I'm not telling anybody the way they live their life. You don't tell me how to live mine. Don't force your stuff on me. I won't force mine on you, on you. But I don't agree with being in wrestling because obviously he's a was a fat, horrible, in, horrible wrestler. Because if you watch the stuff and and you look at it, it's like this guy's no wonder he want to be a woman because he sucked at wrestling. There's no way he would have got a job. He about killed that or she he whatever about killed that one girl and they. They were over the top rope. They're straight down to the ground, and I think the thing was, I think the spot was supposed to throw on top of the, the other girls on the floor. The catcher, he just threw her straight down. Bam! Not she's not a good worker. Not even for a woman, let alone a, a fat guy. You know. So I just don't that I don't, and I'm sorry. It's not you know. I don't know. I, like you know, Missy Hyde just got killed on you know the internet about it. I'm like I agree 100. No, not Missy Hyde. I'm sorry. Sorry, scratch that, reverse it. Uh, baby doll. See, they just blasting her. But well, she said I, I agreed with 100. You know, um, you know, especially in the wrestling business. I mean, gosh, I mean, women have always been, you know. Well, not in the, on the indie level, but like in the, you know, the higher, you know, the big, big promotions, you know, I just, they've never had the top spots besides, you know, showing the, the TNA, uh, ski, you know, not the company, but, you know, but actual work rate, you know, stuff like that, and just being serious into, you know, the last few years, you know, they never really were, you know, so, for them now to, the women to actually get to what they're in and out. I mean, so, you know, they've deserved it for, for a long time. You know, the top-notch women, they've deserved it for years and years and years. They've deserved to be where the women's wrestling is now. But to have a guy get on there, you know, hey, that whatever you do in your real life, I'm sorry, but in wrestling, I think it's taken, like, like uh, Baby Doss, it's taken away from the women that 
that's a woman's spot there, you know? Yeah, you, and it, because, there's no way you would, you would be low independent if you, if you were working as a man. Because your work, uh, just your work is, um, not very good. And you're fat, so, you know. But anyway, off that, because I don't want, like I said, I'll, somebody will complain and then I'll get kicked off here. But, oh, I just thought about something. I got like four minutes, I can't talk about it. I'm going to talk about it a little bit and then hopefully, if Mark, if we get Mark back on here, um, hopefully next week or next couple weeks, we'll talk about it. The difference between a worker and a wrestler. To me, even on the indie level, there's hardly any workers anymore. Because I'm always a great worker. No. We'll talk about what I think and what most people I know that, you know, worked when I did or still, you know, that time period come up. I think they'll agree with me that there is a difference between a good worker and a good wrestler. If you're good, now, you know, just because you're a good wrestler don't mean you're a worker. And I've seen a lot of guys that weren't good wrestlers but they were good workers. Because being a good worker, you, it, it's more than, you know, it's it's working. It's what wrestling should be, which it isn't anymore. You know, working is the storyline, everything together. The matches, storyline, everything, all put together. That's working. And what they do nowadays, they just go out there and go back and forth. That's wrestling. So, anyway, I'll be talking about that later on. Uh, hopefully next week with Mark. Um... Uh, next Tuesday we're gonna have uh, Jeremiah Plunkett. We're gonna do this uh, next Tuesday night, so he he'll be. So I'll have it up going probably by Wednesday morning. You can hear um, me and um, Jeremiah Plunkett go here and and just babble on. Um, hopefully I'm gonna get some more people. I need to call. I need to call Buzzed Up. I need to get Buzzy back in here because he was the last guest when I was doing this last time, and then when I got sick. I told him, before I guess I told him, we were supposed to do part two of his. I got sick and then took the big eight month off. So I'm going to try to get Buzzy back on her too. But yeah, I'll have Jeremiah back on here next week. Talk to him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get more active with this. Just not just, I mean, I'm trying to try get me and Mark, you know, keep doing our, you know, uh, thing. Keep it going. Uh, hopefully, you know, he can heal. He'll, he'll be able to in the next few weeks to start back up, but I'm gonna and I want to start having more guests on here, and um, so I figured you know I'm take an hour a week to you know do do this, but um, all right, I'm getting to about 59. I thought this was gonna be 10 minutes. <laughs> it's already an hour, and if you stayed this whole time than that, man, that's that's something right there. You you deserve a medal. But anyway, I'm gonna hop off here, and um, hopefully everybody. We'll listen to this and actually like it. <laughs> but um, like I said, I was shooting the bull tonight. I hadn't been on here for a while, so I'm gonna hop off here and um, um, yeah, it's just like two o'clock. I'm just mumbling. Yep. Thanks everybody for listening and uh, just look for. Uh, I'm gonna post this on Facebook whenever, and eventually within a couple of days it'll be on all the the platforms to uh, listen to it. So. Um, uh, till next week, I am Quint Charisma, and I will talk to you later, 
And as always, God bless.